I'm your host, Kaylee, and I love my career as a venue manager and now owner. I'm a glutton for punishment, coffee addict, and an ambitious leader. I've seen and done some unglamorous things in this chosen career path, but I wouldn't change it for the world. Let's talk about the ups and downs of venue ownership, and I'll fill you in on the crazy stories, give you some knowledge on the nitty gritty details, and share my passion for this industry. Stick around, and I'm sure you're going to understand why operating a venue, although rewarding, is elegantly unglamorous. Why, hello. How are you guys doing today? Are you getting by? Are you surviving? I hope you're thriving. Surviving and thriving. That should be the motto of running a business in the wedding industry because sometimes it can be a shit show. Sometimes it, oh my goodness, like it could just be too much. Um, who else is dealing with the supply and demand issues right now? Um, if you run a catering company, you might be dealing with this. If you have a bar service, you might be dealing with this. I feel like I am constantly fighting the supply and demand. I mean, we did a pulled pork buffet, right? And we wanted buns so people could have pulled pork sandwiches. Um, what the hell? I couldn't even get 250 buns. We were scrounging around at grocery stores trying to get this. COVID has been here for over a year and a half and we are still dealing with the supply and demand issues that covid created it's it's mind baffling to me and i'm very overwhelmed with the supply issues and not being able to get things in and trying to have a plan b and luckily i haven't had to go back to a client and say i'm sorry i can't get this in because of the supply issues luckily luckily but um, a lot of things are in back order. I need more freaking plates, guys. I have ordered plates um, several different times and I can't get them in because they're on back order. So I have a wedding coming up of 350 people and I've got maybe 250 plates. So I'm guessing the other 100 people are going to have to have plastic plates. Like how horrible is this? And I don't want to tell the bride that this is going to happen because I'm like, I can't get plates in. I don't even know what to do. Do like, what do I do? <laughs> oh, welcome to the wedding industry of constantly battling and figuring out your plan B. Always have a plan B, plan C, plan D, because I'm telling you right now, things never go as planned in every wedding, even though the bride and the couple might think it's run so smooth. I bet you there was an issue. I bet you there was an issue because I constantly, every wedding, there's something that I deal with behind the scenes that nobody knows about and I cover it up. Um, so part of the job, um, let me see if I have a story to pull out of my brain here, um, based on supply and demand. I mean, goodness, guys, I don't have a story right now. I, not based on supply and demand, which is what I wanted to give you. But back, I guess back when COVID started, um, I had several couples. I don't know how many of you refunded deposits and not or not. Um, we had a clause in our um, contract that was a force majeure, which was already in our contract, thankfully. Um, so we were able to opt out of 
out of, um, we were able to opt out of contracts and either reschedule at no cost, which we were offering gladly, or we would opt out and charge for labor that was incurred if the client uh, decided to cancel. So at most, we charged a two to $300 out of the $1,000 deposit, sent the rest back if they decided to cancel. And what happened was a lot of people decided to cancel. Like, I don't think, actually not a lot of people. I think I had two people cancel. And I sent them back some deposit money. Um, and the reason why they canceled is because they just eloped. They were just like, we're going to get married still. This is what we've been waiting for. We're just doing it. So that's what they did, which is perfectly fine. Um, but I had so many reschedules. I just got done with my last reschedule from COVID. It is a year and a half later. <laughs> it's just been, actually, you know what? No, I have one in December this year that I'm actually in the process of developing and create and helping design decor for. Um, but they are a reschedule and they've put the, this is like two years. This is a reschedule of like almost two years for them. Nuts. That's crazy. But, um, you know, we do what we can and, and get by and COVID put a damper in a lot of people's business. But I feel like we are actually better getting out of COVID, like coming out of it than we were going in. It really benefited us. I know it's hard to say that it was a blessing in disguise for us. And it might not have been for every venue and several places shut down, but we were built to withstand it. We got through it. Um, and we are thriving and surviving. <laughs> so let's get into this week's topic and um, let's just dive on in. Okay, so let's talk about branding. Let's talk about how you go about branding your business and where do you start? Um, so first of all, you start deep down inside. <laughs> you start deep down inside because who are you as a person? That's gonna play a big role. If you are, if you are not country at all and you own a barn venue, then you probably should try to think about how, what elements of yourself would have a barn venue. So do you have a little bit of vintageness to you? Do you like vintage and antiques? Then you probably could make a barn venue work and you might go for like more vintage antique -y kind of barn aesthetic brand. Um, are you more traditional and classic? Then you might go with more of a ballroom kind of feel and aesthetic. Are you um, not country, but not traditional and classic, but not elegant, which is me, guys. I'm describing myself. I am, I was, I was raised in the country. I was raised in a farmhouse. I was raised, but I never was too country, but I always did. Okay, guys, I did 4-H. I used to show pigs and I used to show, show sheep when I was younger, but I never was a hundred percent full blown country. So I would, 
you know, I, I don't wear boots. I feel abnormal when I'm wearing like cowgirl boots. I do have a pair, but I don't wear them very often. Um, my husband is definitely not fully country. Um, does he have a little bit of country edge to him too? Yeah, he does. Um, but we're not very traditional either. We're kind of an out of the box thinkers. But what I found mostly for us is we have more of a natural vibe to us. We're just, we wanted everything to feel warm and inviting and like home. That's what we wanted. That's who we were. We're inviting, you know, I always tell people they are more, I do not like when people come to my house and knock on the door. If you are my friend, do not knock on my door. Walk in my house and say, hey, what's up, girl? Like, I don't want you to feel like you have to obey some social norms. This is your house too. I want it to be inviting. I want it to be, you know, I want you to feel like you can just stop over at any time. And that's the same thing with my husband's friends. If they come over, feel free to dig through my fridge. Feel free to grab a snack. Feel free to grab a drink out in, you know, out in the fridge. I don't care. I want you to feel so invited and at home. And that's the aesthetic we were going for. A natural home environment. I wanted people to feel welcome and like they belonged here. So that's kind of what we went through. Um, and, but we really laid into that natural feeling because that's what we knew was our biggest, our biggest opportunity. And what we found to be the most versatile for our clients. So after that, you know, we thought about, guys, (laughs) I have, um, I bought this racket. Like, okay, so we get flies pretty bad because people are opening, closing doors all day. We get flies pretty bad. And there was this fly flying around my head. And I took this racket and it's like a, and a bug zapper racket. And I smacked it and it scares me every single time. So you might have heard the pop because I literally just smacked a fly out of the, out of midair. <laughs> but anyways, back on the topic, guys. Ugh. Um, So, you know, that was one of our brands. That's what we wanted to focus on was natural a natural kind of welcoming environment. Um, So, but we had to really think about our clientele. Who was our perfect client and what did they like? You know, um, do I think that I'm my own client? No, (laughs) my wedding was on a budget. My wedding, I did not spend the amount of money that our clients spend on us. Um, And what I really had to think about was like, what do they like? What, What does the normal wedding here look like? It's usually bright and airy. Usually we have more of lighter colors. And if we do have darker colors, it's like a burgundy or plum. There, you know, we will switch between more of a classic organic kind of feel to the wedding to more of a country rustic feel to, you know, we usually will stick within that range. That's our normal clients. And our clients are generally, generally, not all the time, most of our clients are young. 25 and younger and mom and dad or family members are helping them pay for their wedding. So I kept that in mind too. Has to be versatile because if somebody's helping you pay for the pay for your wedding, they have to like it too. And you have to be able to create that vision for not only the bride and groom but also their family members who are paying for the wedding, right? Because they they don't 
bride and groom have a say, but those family members who control the money also do too. So um, I had to really think about that and what was going to be the best representation of the business and reflect them and be versatile for each client and different types of client and their decor. So that's what we went with. We went with a natural, more organic theme. Now, when you're doing your branding, you also have to decide on a name because your branding, your name is really important. I mean, that's what your business is called. That's what people are going to write on their checks when they sign over to you. That is the name that is on your website. That is the name on your email. That is everything, everything. But it is one of the most difficult aspects one of the most difficult parts of branding your business because deciding on a name is not always easy. But one way to make it easier is look at your location. Where are you located? Look at your aesthetics. Are you in the woods? Are you in the country? Are you in downtown? Are you in, you know, the mountains? Where are you located? Because your name should reflect your location. Look at your clients. What type of clients are you pulling in? Are you pulling in ones that want a one-stop shop? Are you pulling in budget weddings? Are you pulling in luxury weddings? Are you pulling in mid-grade weddings? You need to reflect that in your name. Um, one of the names that I always toyed with was um, Deerfield Acres. So when, because we're on 26 acres, so I was thinking about the property. And when we had taken a tour, there were deer that were running across the property. And I was like, oh, there's deer, like the natural, but it just was too country. It was too country. I, we weren't country. Deerfield Acres was too country. Um, the word acres was country. And deer reminded me of going hunting for deer. <laughs> so it took us, I think it took us like three or four months to really figure out what the business name was going to be. And um, what we did, eventually, my partner came up with the Eden. And I was like, yeah, it's simple. It's easy. It's got some hidden meanings to it. So, you know, the Eden is biblical. Am I necessarily biblical? No, I'm not. I'm not. I don't practice any religion, to be honest. Um, and I'm like, you know, I, I kind of like it because it's it represents new beginnings. And we were purchasing this building that was crumbling physically and crumbling as a business. It was just not operational and it was not getting the attention it needed. So we ended up changing the name and going for the Eden. And that's what we focused on. Natural, organic property, the Eden great. It represents our new beginnings and the step forward that we're making within our community. Then it came into, okay, so now we're redesigning, we're, we're remodeling this business, right? So we're remodeling this venue. And my whole thought was natural, organic, natural, organic. Now I just hammered that into my mind and versatile, make it versatile, Kaylee, make it versatile. So I went with a lot of traditional features. Um, we went with traditional chandeliers, a lot of natural lighting. That was a big key element um, in the design of our business because we wanted there to be natural photos and be able to 
pretty much light the venue without even turning any lights on. Um, so yes, we have large windows. We have a lot of natural lighting. The one thing that we haven't gotten to yet because it takes a lot of moolah is we have some property updates that we need to do to make this look like an Eden, right? It's beautiful. We have 26 acres. It's grass property. We have a lot of plains and fields. Um, but that's it. <laughs> that's it. We're a building in the middle, middle of 26 acres with a parking lot. We have a little rustic barn off the back and we have a little wooded section. That's about all we've got. But I feel like if we added in a pond and we added in some more landscaping, which we did updates on landscaping around the building, which is played, it helped a lot, but there's so much, it's 26 acres. So we need to figure out a lot of Eden natural-esque organic property improvements and to add to our brand. And we're finding that is a lot of vertical business, you know, development. So adding in new features to the property, um, like uh, a few cut flower garden, um, adding in a possible hydroponic farm, um, adding in, there's so many different things that we've thought of. So um, we're still in the works of some things and it's not anything too major, but, uh, you know, our mind's always turning. We're always looking for enhancements to grow our business. And, um, you know, back onto the branding subject is when we were designing the building, we paid attention to the versatility of the paint color. We paid attention to the versatility of the fixtures and um, everything was a key element of our brand. And, you know, and then we get into the nitty gritty stuff of representing your brand where you have to have a logo. Here's my one tip on logos. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. You know that, um, you know that, uh, that saying in school, it's called kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Um, <laughs> uh, really that's what it means. Um, keep your logo simple do a small picture, stay away from cursive logos, any kind of cursive font, because it's hard to read. And it's, you have to, you want to, you want people to be able to glance at your logo and know exactly what business they're looking at. Not look at a logo and decide, wait, where have I heard that? What is that? Uh, what does that say? If they can't read it from 50 feet away on the, on a car, like if it's a logo smacked on the back of your car, whatever, then it's not the right logo. So stay away from that. Um, represent your brand. So ours is natural and organic and it's the Eden. So naturally we went with the tree on our logo very standard tree with the trunk and leaves. And at the bottom of the tree, it says the Eden. Simple, simple, done. Um, I The trend right now is a lot of people are using cursive lettering in their logos and it's just trying to make it really fancy and pretty. And I don't think for any venue, a cursive logo does any good. <laughs> I just don't like them. Um, then, you know, you get into um, the website marketing and branding and the website really needs to reflect you. You know, when we first opened 
and started our, uh, put out our website, it did not represent who we were. It did not represent the natural lighting of the building. It did not represent the organic feel of the property. And it was dark. It was gloomy. It was too simple. We needed a little bit of visual interest. So I found a company. Um, I actually went through Wix. Uh, and a lot of people have different feelings about Wix. I think it's great. It allows me to manage it myself. I don't have the overhead of paying for that marketing cost of someone developing a brand for me, someone developing the website and whatnot. It's literally, you do it yourself and you can do it all visually. So you, you don't have to have any coding experience. You can just design it how you want to design it and add in pictures. And as your business grows, you're going to get better photography. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. But Add in pictures, add in your own pictures, even if that's your own headshot, have pictures taken of your venue, do styled shoots that represent your brand. So contact a photographer, tell them you want to do a styled shoot, you'd love to feature their work on your website, you'd love to refer any incoming clients to them. Um, and if they would like to partner with you, so then that way you can develop a website and cite all their work and put out social media posts Find a photographer that is going to represent your brand. Like ours is light and airy, natural, organic. So we're going for photographers who have a bright and airy, natural photography style. We normally don't feature a lot of dark and moody photography because that's not our brand. Our, that would be more, that a dark and moody like photography would be more beneficial for an industrial or brick building, or um, higher end, but ours is more light, airy, natural, organic. So that's the kind of photographer's brand we're looking for. We partner and get a couple good shots of our space, of our venue, of our property. Um, you know, we worked with a bunch of different, um, we did one styled shoot and we use those photos consistently. So it represents us. It enhances the venue. And that's what we used on our website for the longest time until we could actually get photos in from quality weddings that we had booked. So, you know, when you're developing your website, think about that brand. Think how easy you want it to flow. Think about the features, the font text. If you don't have cursive writing in your logo, don't put it on your website. Keep your font very similar and consistent. If you know your font and your logo and it's very standard, let's say Arial, whatever, then you can use Arial on your website as well. Keep it very standard. The colors on your logo. We have green and sage on our logo and black. That's what we use a lot and light colors like white and whatnot. That's what we use on our website. We stick with sage greens and grays and whites. We keep it light and airy and natural with those green colors, but we don't overdo it. Um, we really focus on making a point on our website to keep it simple and flow well. And that's part of our brand because our business and services are set to flow and be simple for clients. So we want our website to flow like that as well. Then, you know, I also have to touch on this because not only is it your space, not only is it your marketing and your social media and your pictures and your website and your logo, it is also your staff. Yes, it is your staff. The people that you hire should represent your brand. 
God, I, I hate saying this, but I can't hire anyone who has a, I don't mind tattoos, but I don't want you to have face tattoos because it doesn't represent our brand. We're light, airy, natural, organic, and that's too much. <laughs> I can't have anyone have crazy color hair because we're light, airy, natural, organic, natural, right? I, I hire a lot of people who are friendly, warm, inviting, inviting, calm, just natural humans that can flow naturally. They have good conversation and that is what reflects our brand. So I hire people that are going to benefit our business and going to portray the business the way that it needs to be portrayed. And that's part of branding. That is just what it is. So I guess what it, the step should be is you're going to need, you're going to need, you know, your website to be branded. Well, first of all, start off with determining your business name, then decide on your logo, then decide on your website, then get enough photography to build social media based on your brand, light and airy or dark and moody or industrial, whatever your brand might be pick a photographer who can represent that and do a styled shoot to represent that. Put it on your website, start your social media off and brand yourself. Create this environment that you want to create. Create this feeling that you want to create when people walk in and people meet with you. What do you want them to feel? Do you want them to feel wowed? Do you want them to feel welcome and invited? Do you want them to feel at home? Do you want them to feel, you know, rustic and earthy? Do you, there's so many different things. Focus on that feeling that you want your clients to have and focus on your clients. What is your demographic and who are you trying to attract? Because that will give you the key elements that you need to have for proper, effective branding. So that's it. Um, I spent 20 minutes talking about branding. I don't know how I did it, but uh, <laughs> I hope that you took away some key elements to this and it gets you pointed in the right direction to start your branding and start those that process of creating a business and making it and designing it to reflect you and your clients. So have a good week, guys. I will hopefully see you next, next week. Talk to you later. Bye. Do you know another venue owner, event professional, or maybe an entrepreneur that you think will benefit from this podcast? Why don't you share it with them and help me inspire others? Stay informed by following or subscribing to this podcast. You'll be notified each time an episode is posted. You can also follow me for more tips and inspiration on Instagram at Elegantly Unclamorous Podcast or on our website at ElegantlyUnclamorous.com. I'll see you next time.